I have uh, my sermon in a box this morning. Uh, I feel comfortable up here because uh, I'm among friends and brothers. Uh, I feel good. Maybe I've told you this one before. It's about the guy who was really, really sick. I mean, he was on his deathbed. He really was. And, and they had him at home. They had him in a room on the ground floor. It was a darkened room, and he was laying there. And as he was laying there, he smelled something. He smelled the aroma of his favorite cookies, peanut butter and chocolate chip cookies. Peanut butter and chocolate chip cookies. He couldn't get it out of his mind. He felt this, I've got to have some of those. So he struggled. He got out from under the covers and he fell to the floor and he crawled, crawled from the bedroom to the kitchen and he reached and he was reaching up to get some of those cookies and all of a sudden his wife smacked him on the hand. She said, no, no, you can't have those. We're saving those for the funeral. <laughs> it's bad. Anyway, um, I appreciate the privilege of bringing a message to you, and uh, and uh, I I came this morning and uh, and I saw Jason here. I thought, what in the world is he doing here? He's not supposed to be here. That's why I'm here. Um, but anyway, I'm glad he's here. Uh, I kind of think he might have a clipboard, and he's going to be kind of. <laughs> He's evaluating what, what's done here. But anyway, it's all right. Um, yeah, this is a real privilege. The message I have uh, is one that I uh, developed a year ago when Nancy and I were in India. Uh, the young couple that we were staying with um, asked us to, uh, to preach. And so we had to come up with a sermon. And uh, we did that. Nancy preached about four or five times, and so did I. Uh, so uh, this message, um, I really appreciated being able to uh, develop, and uh, I've had practice. I've done it three times now, so uh, hopefully I can get it right. Um, and may, may this uh, be a blessing to you. Anyway, the uh, scripture that I have, if you want to follow in your uh, bulletin there, uh, is... Uh, from Hebrews chapter 2. And uh, I'm reading here from the uh, Living Bible. Verse 1 says, So we must listen very carefully to the truths we have heard, or we may drift away from them. I want to tell you that I have some concern as a recent, uh, result of recent events in the past six months. Uh, let me explain. Uh, we have had a Bible study going for about... Uh, 15 years now. Uh, we meet uh, every Thursday morning at my place. Uh, there's been about four or five in attendance usually. And one of the two regulars was my neighbor George Sabota, who I told you passed away uh, in March. And then a couple of months ago, uh, Hugh, uh, Hugh Walker, who is uh, 95 years old, had a fall. And he's a, had a terrible time healing from that. Uh, since then, he's been uh, in and out of hospital. He's uh, now in a nursing home, and he probably will be the rest of his days. 
uh, and possibly confined to a wheelchair. So that's two of our regulars who are not going to be with us. Um, the result is that it is unlikely that our small group will continue. And this bothers me because now I don't have that to prepare for. Um, uh, qu quite a few years uh, I was uh, teaching uh, the adult Sunday school class and again that requires you to uh, prepare. And, and as most teachers will tell you, when you have to prepare like this, you usually get more out of it than who you're teaching. So I need that. I think that getting together with uh, others in Bible study is extremely important. Isn't that what this verse is warning us about? Again, I'll repeat it. We must listen very carefully to the truths we have heard or we will drift away from them. Think about it. Isn't it so easy to drift away? Now let's go on to verse 3. It says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? What is your understanding of salvation? If I asked you to define salvation, what would you say it is? Just anyone. What is salvation anyway? Okay. Asking Jesus to come into your life. What else? Rescue. Rescue. Good. Yeah? Saving. Salvation. Exactly. There we go. So, um, I've got, as you see in the bulletin there, I've got this in point form. So the first point that I've got down there is, in fact, forgiveness. So I'll just pull this thing out here. Forgiveness. The whole gospel message tells of how God went to the cross to die to take our sins away. Now our sins can be forgiven. In 1 John 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and forgiven forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. John, in his prayer this morning, did that. He asked on our behalf that we, uh, that we admit our sins and we ask for the forgiveness. Isn't this fantastic to know that our sins are forgiven, that we don't have to worry about past choices and uh, mistakes, that we can now move on and do better? God loves us, but he hates sin. So the only way he can show his love to us is to get that sin away, to, to have it removed totally. So this is the gift he gives, the forgiveness of our sins. Number two, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus promised that he would send his Holy Spirit to his followers. Now, by the way, I don't have all of these uh, uh, printed, and they're not up here. So if, uh, if you like, you might uh, grab a Bible and, uh, and look them up. In Acts 8:15 to 17, we see that's exactly what happens. It says, when Peter and John arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come. 
Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. This is the gift he has given us. It says in 1 John 3.24, Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. And this is how we know he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. This spirit is one of uh, encouraging, teaching, leading, convicting, and comforting. We need to remind ourselves about the role of the Holy Spirit within our lives. So, the Holy Spirit. Number three, two years ago, Nancy and I were in Jamaica, and I really appreciated the picture that Pastor uh, Carlton Mullings painted. Uh, we attended a prayer meeting every Wednesday night, uh, and uh, the prayer itself was always preceded by uh, a, a, a scripture lesson. And Carlton used the term throne of grace. The picture is that of God on his throne, and we are at the base of the throne. And when we look up, about all we can see is the feet of Jesus. But this is called the, the throne of grace because we are invited to be there. We don't deserve to be there, but God wants us there, and he wants us to talk with him. And when we ask him for anything, we need to understand that he gives it because of his love, not because of anything we've done. This is grace. The beautiful thing about prayer is it can happen at any time and as many times as we like. It is truly a wonderful gift. Uh, the scripture I've chosen for this comes from the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew 6. Jesus shows us how to pray, and this too is mentioned in the prayer time. But he does not say, if you pray. He says, when you pray. He expects us to pray. And it is such a blessing and a gift to be able to pray to him. Number four. If you look further in Hebrews, you find that God put us in this world for the purpose of him loving us and us loving him, which is worship. We were planned for God's good pleasure. So here's God's purpose. We were formed to be a unique part of God's family. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family and to bring us to himself through Jesus Christ. You and I are, in God's mind, a part of an eternal group, a forever family. I'm so, I really love the church. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Somebody should write a song about that. <laughs> God wants a good family, a strong family, a united family. Uh, it's like the family that Nancy and I have. Uh, uh, quite often we find that the members of our family don't get along. And we just have to roll our eyes and say, I wish they would get along. That's all it would take just for to get along. So this number four 
is God's family. This is part of this is part of uh, salvation. When we have salvation, we're part of that family automatically. And here's the last one. Now the last one is one that you might very well uh, predict. What do you think the last one is? Exactly. Eternal life. This is the best one. Some people, in fact, when they think of salvation, this is all they think about. They think that, uh, yeah, we've been saved and now we're going to have eternal life, and it's great. It's almost uh, synonymous with eternal life. And certainly it is the final aspect of salvation. So my point is that when we think about salvation... It actually consists of all these parts. The gift of salvation we talk about consists of these other things. I'm sorry, you guys can hardly read any of these things over here. Okay. <laughs> sorry about that. Gee. Um, so yeah, the gift of salvation has all of these gifts, and they truly are gifts. God gives them to us. Listen to this. This is a little chorus. Some of you may know it. Some of you may not. It kind of predates me, I think. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich, so free. Thank you. So, so many of you did know that. It's, I, I can't think of a better course to fit this sermon. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much that you gave your Son that we might have indeed your salvation. We thank you, Heavenly Father, and we pray that we will not neglect, we will not forget, we will not take for granted this great gift that you've given us. We thank you for being with us and helping us for being with us, for protecting us. And now, Heavenly Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.